a lot of times organizations early in their relationship with Microsoft look at our benefits and they see the partner program as a gateway to save a lot of money because you can get access to software licenses and cloud credits and technical consultation advisory services and pre-sales and deployment services. That's a great way to come in and accelerate your, your ability to build things and get to market. But for the partners that really turn the key, those partners are using the program to build new revenue streams. And so mm -hmm. instead of focusing on saving money, they're focused on making money. Welcome to the Microsoft Cloud Executive Enablement Series, where we speak with Microsoft Cloud senior leaders and experts about the latest trends in technologies we are seeing in the market. The goal of this series is to share with you and your teams our perspective on the business value driven by the Microsoft Cloud for our mutual customers and the opportunities for our partners to grow their business with Microsoft. I'm your host, Amy Boyle, Director of GSI Partner Enablement. And in today's episode, I'm here with Dan Rippey, Director for the Microsoft Cloud Partner Program. In this episode, we'll hear from Dan as he shares insights and best practices to engage in co-selling with Microsoft, leveraging the Microsoft Cloud Partner Program. Welcome, Dan. Thank you so much for joining us today. It would be great if you could start by just telling us a little bit about you and your background and your team here at Microsoft. First off, I want to appreciate you for hosting the series uh, and having me on here. And also a big, big thanks to all the listeners who are joining in. I lead a team here at Microsoft that's accountable for partner program strategy and program design. And what I want to talk with you all today about is the trajectory of where Microsoft is heading with our partners. What I hope to leave you with is clarity, because I think that creates opportunity for innovation as we work together both now and in the years ahead. Can you tell us about the changes to the Microsoft Cloud Partner Program? It's been a big year for, for our partner ecosystem. And I feel like we say that a lot, but the truth is in the first half of fiscal year 22, Microsoft did a major overhaul and we said thank you and good night to the legacy Microsoft partner network and what uh, thousands of partners across the planet knew as the silver and gold competency programs that we'd had in market for almost 15 years. And we use that opportunity to say welcome to the new Microsoft Cloud Partner Program, which effectively aligns our channel offerings to Microsoft's six core cloud solution areas and represents now with our partners the way we go to market and sell as a business is identical to the way we go to market and sell with our partners. And so we said hello to that in October of 2022. We're starting to see that gain traction in market and start to resonate with our partners and customers. Can you talk a little bit more about that and the feedback you're hearing? The interesting thing about having one of the biggest partner ecosystems in the technology sector is that when you invite hundreds of thousands of partner organizations to give feedback, you don't get a, a, a little bit of feedback, you get a megaphone of feedback. Uh, <laughs> and that's good because it helps Microsoft kind of assess and understand where we need to be with our partners. It helps us mm -hmm. understand what we're doing well, and it helps us understand kind of the challenger areas that we need to work on, things that our competitors are doing well, where Microsoft really wants to get on its front foot and lead the market. We learned along the way of the Microsoft Partner Network and our legacy competency structure that our partners really had created this kind of translation dictionary between our program offerings and the way we had structured MPN or the Microsoft Partner Network and the way we sell as a business because they, you know, the, the, the two had a bit of a data disconnect. And so mm -hmm. partners had to do a lot of kind of translation logic between the way they were endorsed and designated by Microsoft and the way they represented that to their customers and to our field sellers. When we rebuilt the program in early 2022 and we launched the Microsoft Cloud Partner Program, we decided that 
we, nobody has the luxury of time to, to understand and read a translation dictionary anymore. The way mm -hmm. we go to market and sell programmatically and the way we go to market and sell with our partners has to be identical to the way we go to market and sell with our customers and through our field sales teams. The critical feedback that we've gotten is when you look at what MPN became, it is what I call internally with my team, the house of silver and gold. Mm -hmm. And it really was one house for every single partner type. When you think about the birth of the Microsoft Partner Network in the early 2000s, a lot of things didn't exist yet, right? We didn't have Azure. The cloud wasn't in invented or born yet. Um, mm -hmm. We didn't have a mobility business. We didn't have the trifecta that is our M365 suite and the power platform with Dynamics and our Azure cloud None of those things existed. IoT wasn't a thing yet. Edge devices weren't a thing yet. And mm -hmm. so when you look at the origin of where our, our partner program came from, it was really grounded in reality of kind of where the technology ecosystem was after the global adoption of high-speed internet, but pre-birth of the cloud. We had tried to overhaul programs along the way uh, and tried to really bring MPN to be a cloud-first program, but we always still kind of carried this legacy baggage of kind of dwindling offers in market that had lost their way. Um, we had issues with relevance and customer buying scenarios, and it was time to hit the reset button on that. And so where we're going is we're not gonna create one house for every single partner. We're gonna create a neighborhood of homes. Mm -hmm. And those homes will be custom built to meet the needs of specific unique partner types. When you think about a services business that focuses on managing consulting services as their core offers in market versus say an ISV who's building intellectual property and actually packaged code that they're selling to their customers, the needs of those two partner types are very, very different. The way we endorse those partner types is very different. Where we'll go with the Microsoft Cloud Partner Program is creating that neighborhood where there is a home for every partner type. Uh, what we saw in early 2022 was really us overhauling the services partner house because that was the majority of what we had in the silver and gold competency ecosystem. But where we go from there is creating the homes for every single partner type that is on that, you know, if you imagine kind of a street of dreams in this neighborhood, you have a house for ISVs, a house for learning partners, for training partners, for mixed and augmented reality, for IoT. That is really the build out of where we head. Can you tell me a little bit more about the key differences, the main differences between the old program and the new program? The core area is alignment with Microsoft's sales strategy. Mm -hmm. And so when we, when we look at what partners need and they come in, partners are really looking for, at their core, a couple of things. They're looking for exposure to new customers. They're looking for access to Microsoft's field to sell through Microsoft, and in many cases to sell cooperatively with Microsoft. And they're looking for the benefits that they need to get started into those sales motions. The new program represents that entirely. The homes are custom built for every partner type to meet those needs, but this is a, a growth accelerator for our partners to help them get to market and really get in front of customers to sell faster. You're leading me into the next question, which I'm sure is on our partners' minds, which is that co-sell opportunity. So yeah. we know co-sell is instrumental. So what does co-sell look like in the new program and in the year ahead? Yeah, this is actually one of the biggest bets that we've made uh, around the new program structure and design is if you think about kind of where Microsoft has come from in CoSell, we, we set market conditions on this, right? We were, we were first to market in the tech industry or we're very close to first to market in the tech industry with this concept of cooperative selling between our field sales reps and our 
partners, sales teams. For a long time, we had a standalone co-sell program and it kind of sat alongside our Microsoft partner network ecosystem. And the two had some kind of interrelation, but they weren't really bolted together. That created a layer of complexity for our partners. When they come in, they have to understand, okay, like what do I need to do programmatically to qualify to co-sell? But then how do I co-sell? Like, how do I access Microsoft's field? How do I get their attention? How do I educate them on the things that we built? Going forward, that is not no longer the case. We're actually taking those two things and we're merging them together. So we're effectively dissolving CoSell as a standalone program, and we're embedding it as core to the Microsoft Partner Network. The easiest way I can describe this is when you think about the suite of benefits that you get as a partner, mm -hmm. CoSell is the most valuable currency that we mint. And the reason it is, and the reason most partners and industry analysts acknowledge it this way is when you come in as a partner, a lot of times organizations early in their relationship with Microsoft look at our benefits and they see the partner program as a gateway to save a lot of money because you can get access to software licenses and cloud credits and technical consultation advisory services and pre-sales and deployment services. That's a great way to come in and accelerate your, your ability to build things and get to market. But for the partners that really turn the key, those partners are using the program to build new revenue streams. And so mm -hmm. instead of focusing on saving money, they're focused on making money. And that's where CoSell becomes core to the conversation. You can use our marketplace to get access to thousands of new customers. You can use our field to discover, find, win, and close deals faster. And that is for all partners, I recommend the same thing. Like come in and take advantage of the things that are gonna save you some money and help accelerate your business growth, but quickly pivot to the areas that are gonna make you money and start mm -hmm. looking at how to engage with our field, how to engage through our marketplace. That is the really the, the kind of core DNA helix of the program. It is the thing that keeps the program alive and the program's heartbeat is CoSell. Can you expand a bit just on that connection with our field sellers? Because I think that would be really interesting for our partners to hear more about. It's a tough topic because the reality is Microsoft's field sales teams are, are as busy as our partners' field sales mm -hmm. teams. And I think in this era now, especially you know post-pandemic, we are all super crunched for time. We're digitally fatigued. Um, we are trying to do more with less. And we're trying to make decisions and operate very quickly in a, in a world that is always on and a world that our customers expect to be always on. And so the kind of the key connection point is for our partners is saying, but come into our marketplace, that is kind of your gateway into co-sell, and then quickly identify how and where you want to reach uh, new customers. You can Every partner can do that through our public storefronts, app source, and the Azure marketplace. And then many partners choose to expose their offers to our field sellers. Key to note there, there's a couple things you can do. I like to give kind of consistent guidance on this, not because it's repetitious, but because it works. First off, figure out exactly how you're going to position your services or solutions to our field because they need to have a clear understanding of what you've built. They need to understand what customer segments you go after, what industries you targeted, where you have a lot of experience selling and co-selling. They have to understand new markets you're trying to get into. And really at the core, they have to understand the value prop of what you've created. Because in a, in a conversation with a customer, they have to rapidly make that connection between a partner's offer and that customer's need. The second thing partners can do, I recommend is get comfortable sharing pipeline with Microsoft. And the reason that is critical is when you bring new business into Microsoft, a couple things happen behind the scenes that partners don't see. The first is if that customer is a managed account, the Microsoft account executive who owns that account is going to receive a notification that you're selling into that scenario. Mm -hmm. The second is even if you don't need Microsoft's help, 
you can flag the deal that way. And effectively as a partner, you can say, look, I don't, I don't need Microsoft to actively engage with me on this deal. I just want Microsoft to have an understanding that I'm working with this customer and have clarity on the size of the deal and the structure of the deal so that if that piques Microsoft's interest with other customers like this one, we have the opportunity to expand footprint in new markets. And then the last one, orchestrate with your sales teams. The, the worst thing that can happen, and I've seen this happen, is when a Microsoft seller sends you a new engagement for a new customer you've never worked with. If your team's not ready to receive, react, and respond to that engagement, they're time bound and it's going to expire. And mm -hmm. so you end up leaving a deal on the table where Microsoft is saying, hey, look, we've got a customer. We think they, what, what they need is a great match and pairing with what you've built. And we want to cooperatively sell this engagement together. Be ready for that. Be ready for joint demos with Microsoft, have your sales team fully engaged, understand who's going to accept, review, and massage that deal through its maturity, and work all of that kind of internal logistics through your sales team up front before your first deal ever lands in your inbox. Because when it does, we want to see fast time to close. We want to see a high response rate. We want to see a high win rate. That benefits you. That benefits us. And in the end, it benefits the customer. Can you really make that come to life for us and for our partners and give an example where we've seen this successfully working with our partners and our and our field teams? Actually, recently I was down in um, Central Florida and there was a, a partner mastermind event down there. And we had basically it was like 40 partners in the room and every every one of them brought two people. They brought somebody from their C-suite and they brought their generally their alliance manager, which I think is an amazing pair because you have the alliance person in the room who's really doing the lift. Right. They're they're strategizing with Microsoft, really, regardless of whether or not they're a managed account. It almost doesn't matter. And then they have their executive right next to them. And so they're talking about business strategy and how they can really grow the pie with Microsoft and consume more of their addressable market next year. And we had one of the partners stood up and here was the way the engagement worked. They came into Partner Center and they said, hey, we've, we've got a new deal with a customer that we've never worked with. That account happened to be a managed account. It wasn't a huge deal, but it was it was pretty big. It was very big for them. Uh, not quite as big for the from the customer's perspective. But they needed help with, they wanted to do a joint product demo where the partner had done some customization of the product that was very interesting for the customer. And they really they wanted to showcase that quickly. Now, the work wasn't done yet, obviously, because the deal wasn't sold, but they were selling into the promise of their capability. And they really honestly needed Microsoft's backing to stand behind them because they were a, a smaller partner and they were the challenger in the buying scenario mm -hmm. for this customer. So they, they brought this deal into Partner Center. Within a day and a half, they had a response from the account executive who manages who managed the customer on the Microsoft side. The partner had done a really good job articulating when they created the engagement what they needed. We brought a partner technology specialist, a PTS, into the deal. We brought a cloud solution architect into the deal. And we brought, actually brought somebody from the Dynamics product group into the deal and said, hey, look, this is what they're trying to land. Within three days, they were inside in the customer's office doing a joint product demo that had been co-created with the partner and with the Microsoft product team, showcasing what could be done. Just having kind of the strength of Microsoft uh, cloud solution experts in the room, technology strategists in the room, a familiar face for the customer, and then our product team saying, this is what you can do with the power of Dynamics and the Power Platform. That was really what the customer needed to make that first verifiable win with this brand new partner they were working with for the first time. And that just spun the flywheel of repeat mm -hmm. business that they'll create on future engagement. 
And so I think that it just it represents the strength of of what you know we call co-sell, cooperative sales of coming together and representing the best of what the partner brings to the table and the best of what Microsoft can do, and also an endorsement of that partner that helps give the customer a sense that they can buy confidently from the partner. And that's that's where I've seen the market evolve. And so you have now this distributed decision making that's happening within our customers' um, buying life cycle and decision-making process, where you've got to sell into all rooms of that house. And our field is trained to do that. And many of our partners are too, but I think it's it, we, we are better together in those scenarios. Do you have any additional tips or best practices? You've shared so many great insights so far, but just how our partners can get to that step of their journey. I think the advice on this is pretty consistent of bring your inbound pipeline. And, you know, there's there, there's misconception in the ecosystem that Microsoft poaches pipeline from partners. That's It's not true at all. Like I, I examine deals all the time. We, we have a deal validation desk. We actually have a very tightly regulated process around that. We examine everything that comes in because we're looking for ways to help the ecosystem. We're looking for ways to help you close deals and win new business because we know if we can do that repeatedly, we have a partnership for life. It creates this durability between that this, this relationship we have that is very, very hard to crack or crumble. I would say our partners that are selling in the highest volume in our co-sell ecosystem, they are bringing a massive amount of business to Microsoft's doorstep. A lot of that they don't actually need help on. They're just registering the wins and showing Microsoft, like, look, these are the customers I tend to work with. These are the industries I have deep expertise in. These are the, the geographies where we have an active and well-trained sales force. These are markets we're emerging into and we're trying to get a footprint and foothold in. All of those things are great. And those are all, when, when we get a lot of data in from partners, those are all signals that we can compile and we can start to help you with. Other advice I tend to give is don't let co-sell volume become a problem. Like what, what an amazing problem to have that your sales team's telephone and your cash register is ringing so frequently that you don't, you, you have a hard time managing it. I would love if every single partner had that problem. And I think we'd be in a great place if we can achieve that goal, but don't let it become a problem. If we think about everything that you've covered so far, just so many great insights. How do we stay engaged? How do our partners keep up to date on what's coming, what's happening? You talked about additional rooms of the house, et cetera. How do our partners stay best connected to hear what's coming? When I meet with audiences of partners, a lot of times I get a question that surrounds this. It is, do I need a partner account manager to be successful? And I will say our account managers are, amazing. A lot of their workday is spent on really understanding Microsoft's strategy and product and program design and helping deliver that in a packaged way to partners really quickly. The truth is you don't need an account manager. So if, if you don't have one, don't feel like you're at a disadvantage. You can look at the signals that Microsoft creates. Partner.microsoft.com is a very good resource. The official Microsoft blogs where our executives tend to talk about industry trends, Satya and Judson and Amy, they, they do a very good job kind of keeping the market up to speed with where we're headed. That's a, a great starting point. You'll see that through our email comms. You'll see that through our blogs. You'll see that through our web content. Stay attuned to that. Make sure somebody in your company is very well connected and can give kind of a deep dive and read out to your executive team on how to translate where Microsoft is headed. If we could talk just a little bit about how 
our partners can use additional resources and programs at Microsoft to help with those customer engagements. One of the ones that comes to mind is the Executive Briefing Center. Can you talk just a little bit about how a partner would engage with customers in that particular setting? I love the EBC. The reason I love it is, is because it's, it's this kind of innovation playground where our customers, our partners, and Microsoft can come together to co-create, to collaborate, to innovate. I think the best executive briefs that I've ever seen kind of start with a very simple presentation and a blank dry erase board. And they end with, you know, people up at the dry erase board snapping pictures with their cell phone of ideas that the triad of customer partner and Microsoft have come up with on where we can go together. It's an amazing opportunity for our partners to get kind of very like deep readouts from our executive teams on where we're headed. And we customize every single briefing that we execute in the EBC for the needs of the partner and the needs of the customer who are going to be in the room at that moment. The best entry point to engage is through our field. You don't need to fly to Redmond, Washington. We can actually bring the EBC to you. We have technology centers all over the planet and we can host sessions in an area that is has a closer geographic footprint to your customer and save you the burden of having to take a cross country or potentially, you know, cross planet trip out to our headquarters. You don't have to do that. That dedicated briefing consulting team, they will help account teams create an easy and connected end-to-end customer and partner engagement experience. They lead with industry and they lead across our solution areas. But what they do is they create immersive technology experiences that that create confidence and trust in your customers because you have this moment to get hands-on with Microsoft tech and you feel like you've already experienced it. And so think of it as like your customer's opportunity to take a test drive for what might be a multi-million dollar engagement they're about to embark with you as a partner. They get to test drive that with Microsoft in the room and walk through and make sure that they have a level of comfort and understanding of what those capabilities can provide. What's the best way for our partners to get engaged with leveraging the EBC? Through our field. Our field sales teams have access to those executive briefing centers. Most of them have been in there before. They have a lot high level of comfort with the resources that are available. And then they've got teams of people that help them with scheduling and logistics and all the kind of coordinating functions that you need to get started. So work with your local field team. And um, and as, as soon as you see an opportunity to engage, even if it's not a session you want to lead, if you don't have a customer right now that you're ready to bring in there, um, engage with the field and get an understanding of, of are there upcoming EBCs in your area? Where is the local technology center around you? And just start kind of doing the reconnaissance for for getting a level of comfort and working with it. Because when you need it, that's when you know it'll be there. I want to leave you with two things. The first is gratitude. We are so gracious for, I mean, in the economies that, that shift around us, we're so gracious to have you part of our ecosystem. You are an extension of Microsoft. You partners are the heartbeat of this company. Most of our commercial revenue transacts through our partners, and we couldn't do this without you. It is the only reason that my entire team and the organization that I work for within Microsoft exists. And just a big heartfelt thank you for your business, your partnership, and your enduring commitment to continue working together in the future. The second one is I look forward to the future together. We've got this Microsoft Cloud Partner Program thing we've been talking today. This is a big thing. I tell you, it's a big bet for the company. And this is this is the platform that we will create and, and endure our relationships on going forward. So if you're feeling a little, still feeling any nervousness or hesitation about where we are, please reach out to my team, reach out to your account representatives, reach out to your field, 
and let's help you work through it. I want to make sure that everybody has a strong sense of confidence and comfort in how we work together and do business going forward. And, and that is our goal. We always strive to hit the mark. And when we don't, we need your feedback and we'll make it right. So thank you for the time, Amy. Thank you for the, the platform and the experience on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you, Dan, for your time. This has been an, an incredible amount of information, great insights for our partners, and look forward to catching up with you again in the future. Excellent. Thank you. And that wraps up today's episode. Don't forget that this episode is a part of a series featuring some of our most experienced and innovative global executives, packed full of great insights and examples of how to make the most out of working alongside Microsoft. If you haven't already, make sure to check out our other episodes. No matter your industry or area of focus, the Microsoft Global Partner Enablement Team is here to enable you and your teams to achieve more. If you want to watch this episode, it's also available as a video. If there's an area of cloud innovation you'd like to hear more about, please send us a note at salesenablement-gsi at microsoft.com so that we can create content that meets your enablement needs. Thank you for listening. Thank you for engaging with us. And thank you for being a Microsoft partner. We'll see you on the next episode of the Microsoft Cloud Executive Enablement Series.